Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first college football edition of Your Best Bets. My name is Phil. In this episode, Cody Fry joins me to discuss the long weekend of college football. We got a couple games on Friday to discuss, and we also have our usual Saturday slate as well. It's not the best week for college football, but if you're a better, every week is a great week. We also discussed the top four and the likelihood that those four end up in the final four in the playoffs. So without further ado, let's get into it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Your Best Bets. It's going to be our first college football show and making his debut on the podcast, The Pride of Columbia City, Mr. Cody Fry. Welcome, Cody. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, before we get started, what's what's sort of your, your, your strategy going into a week of college football? Do you, do you like to do parlays? Do you focus on single bets? Do you have a budget you work with week to week? How does that go? I am definitely a sucker for parlays, uh, trying to uh, really hit that one golden moment. Um, but really, it, it, it depends on the matchup, depends on the spreads. Obviously, I have an affinity for the Big Ten being in the region that we're in. Um, but realistically, just any football is golden for me. So um, I usually set a budget, um, and then that budget usually depends on what I'm going to put on the NFL the day after that. Right, right. So a successful college Saturday means you're going to have a, a, a lot of money to work with the next day. That's the goal. Right. Uh, what's, what's been your impression so far of the college football season so far with uh, all these teams dealing with COVID and uh, you know, there's cancellations and, you know, it's kind of, it's been kind of, it's just been kind of a weird season. So what's, so what, what's your, what's your initial impression of kind of how the season's gone? Yeah. You know, I mean, the first uh, month or so of the season was really interesting. Um, obviously an Ohio state fan here, um, you know, watching the big 10 from my opinion, completely bungle that, uh, um, playing scenario with taking two months off from that. But, I mean, it was kind of nice to be able to watch college football and really have no interest in what's going on, but just to be able to watch it as a true fan. Um, you know, from week to week, it kind of seemed odd at first that they were able to play, but I feel like COVID has almost been normalized in college football now. So, uh, you know, just take it week by week and realize that there's some games that won't be actually happening. Yeah, it's it's been like, you know, literally cancellations the day of like uh, last Saturday the Clemson Florida State game you, you wake up and that game's been canceled so you kind of never know until that game actually is is going off that it's going to really happen um, what, what's been your impression or what was your impression of uh, the Ohio State Indiana game last weekend uh, you know I had a little bit of an uneasy feeling up front I guess that uh, this whole Indiana phenomenon is kind of new right now um, really something that I haven't experienced for the better part of my life. But, uh, you know, I didn't think that I or that uh, Ohio State would cover the, the 20 and a half spread. Um, I yeah. knew that Indiana was tough, you know. Then at halftime, you know, I really felt like, hey, you know, this is that Indiana that we're all used to seeing every year and um, really just some smoke and mirrors. And I'll tell you what, I mean, they really hit on some big plays. Um, 
and I guess it's a bright side, you know, I'm trying to think that you take away four, five, six big plays, and that probably accounted for about three quarters of their total yardage in that game. I thought that Ohio State did a great job getting pressure, but, you know, uh, Penix is a beast, and, and those wide receivers, you know, they make plays, and uh, it was really neat to see. I obviously root for IU if it uh, wasn't for playing Ohio State, and wish them well the rest of the year. Yeah, we'll, we'll actually talk about IU coming up, uh, but they've been really impressive offensively. Uh, their receivers are doing a lot of damage, and Fry Fogel last last week was uh, he was awesome to watch. Um, the first game we kind of want to talk about is the uh, the team that's number two in the rankings, uh, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish at North Carolina. Uh, you got Notre Dame at eight and uh, North Carolina is at six and two. They dropped games against Virginia and Florida State somehow. Um, this is going off Friday afternoon, so it's probably the premier game. Um, of the Friday games. Uh, right now the line is at Notre Dame. Uh, they're favored by four and a half. The over-under is at 66 and a half. Um, Notre Dame's schedule has been pretty weak other than the, the win against Clemson. I was trying to find their best win, and it, it might might have been last week against Boston College. Um, they've got some injuries on the offensive line. Uh, their center Jarrett Patterson's out. Uh, guard Tommy Kramer's out. So that's that plays a little bit of a role. Defensively, Notre Dame's pretty good. They're, they're ninth in total defense in the country, um, 11th in scoring defense. Uh, Ian Book leads a pretty balanced offense. They're averaging 38 a game. And then on the other side, you got Sam Howell, who's probably one of the top five prospects for the 2022 draft, I would say. Uh, really talented quarterback. They put up a ton of points, a ton of yards. Uh, what's your impression on how this game's going to go? Yeah, you know, I actually was pretty surprised to see the four and a half on the game line. Um, most recently, you know, I've seen North Carolina play twice, and one was when they lost to Florida State, and then uh, last week, uh, I believe it was last week when they played uh, Wake Forest and were basically trading touchdowns for the better part of the entire game. Um, you know, not a lot of defense. I do know that uh, North Carolina really likes to spread it out and throw the ball around. Um, they can run the ball. They have uh, two pretty dynamic running backs. Um, however, saying that, you know, with that spread offense, a lot of their uh, plays do come in those chunk chunk yardage. Um, you know, Howell, 23 touchdowns, six interceptions, fifth in total offense I'm seeing in the country, you know, but their defense, I mean, it's it's, it's not good. It's, not good. It's, yeah. it's definitely not good, and I really don't think that uh, – Notre Dame will have a lot of issues, and so, you know, Williams for Notre Dame, I really look for this to be a very, very good game for him. Um, and even Book. Book's a sneaky runner. I mean, he can really rush the ball for a quarterback, sneaky athletic, and, you know, I'd really look for Notre Dame to ground and pound and kind of take the ball out of Notre Dame or out of uh, North Carolina's hands for the majority of it. I don't think that Notre Dame wants to get in a shootout. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have written down that Notre Dame's offense is going to score points. Uh, it's it's. I mean, North Carolina's defense has been gashed quite a bit, and they they just they play in these track meets. Um, so I, I have the key of the game is the North Carolina offense against Notre Dame's defense. Um, I I've, I love Notre Dame's team total over thirty five and a half. I think they'll probably put up forty points in this game, um, and I love I love Notre Dame given the four and a half. I think they're going to cover. I think you might see a little bit of a test, but I think I think they're just too strong, and I think their defense will do enough to slow down Howell. 
Um, so I'll be happy to give the four and a half. I see this as like a maybe a ten point game. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that. I like the four and a half as well, and even the total. I like them going over the sixty six and a half. I think that you know North Carolina, like they'll hit on some plays, they'll score some points, uh, maybe even give them a little bit of a scare into uh, halftime being all juiced up for that game. But you know, third quarter, fourth quarter, I really feel like Notre Dame's eventually going to wear them down and let you know North Carolina can't go toe for toe with them for a full 60 minutes. Yeah, it, it feels like Notre Dame's on track to get to that ACC title game against Clemson and, and uh, you know, the rematch. So I would I would be surprised if they if they fall here. Uh, it's possible, but uh, like we said, it just seems unlikely based on what we've seen from North Carolina. Um, Maryland at IU, uh, Saturday at noon, you got IU favored by 12 points currently. Uh, IU's 4-0 against the spread. The over-under in this game is 62.5. Uh, obviously, we talked about IU coming off the loss at Ohio State where they, they really had a respectable showing, at least offensively. Um, they're averaging 37 a game. Uh, Penix has been great. Uh, we talked about Fry Fogel on the outside. He's got two 200-yard games the last two games. Uh, Filor's good, Miles Marshall. So they got a lot of weapons offensively. Um, Maryland has been better than I think people thought. Uh, two and one. They've, they they're putting up forty points a game. Um, they're also allowing nearly five hundred yards a game. Um, there's a lot of signs pointing this pointing to this being all uh, kind of a high scoring game. Is there any thoughts you have on this one? Yeah, no. I think this will be a good another good test for um, Indiana's defense. I know they really weren't happy with uh, a lot of what they gave up to Ohio State last week. I really feel like uh, you know you force four or so turnovers and you certainly expect yourself to be in a a lot of what if moments you know two two turnovers by their offense in the red zone so uh, yeah Maryland's defense is just I mean it's awful for lack of a better word I mean they've only played three games they have six turnovers already in those three games and consequently you know Indiana is a team that uh you know as of right now they're third in turnover margin in the country so I really look for Indiana to be able to force quite a few turnovers um, I view Maryland as a poor man's North Carolina. I think that they'll hit on some plays. Um, they'll get lucky somewhat, but I really think that Indiana's not going to have much trouble um, through the air or even running the ball with Stevie Scott. Um, I know that they'd like to get him going after he had a rough rough week last week. Um, you know, one thing I thought was interesting was that Indiana's actually, you know, only 88th in the country in their total offense right now. And um, it feels odd if, with what you've seen the last couple weeks, but I really feel like. Um, Indiana does have a lot of chunk yeah. plays. Um, they certainly did uh, last week. And, you know, if you look at their other games, they've struggled for um, pretty good patches of those games with moving the ball. And then at other times it just seems effortless to them. It certainly feels like a game that's going to go over the 62.5 based on what we've seen from both of these offenses. I would be surprised if it went under. It, I mean, it feels like a large total, but it, it seems like a, a game where IU should put up mere 40 points on their own. Uh, Tago Viloa, uh, Tua's younger brother, he's been really good. He's he's fun to watch. He can get it done with his legs and his arm. Um, they've had a couple nice wins. I, I could see a scenario where they cover the 12. Uh, it's probably it's a unique position for IU football to be in, uh, where they're favored by double digits against anyone. But that's that's kind of where we're at here this season. I'll probably stay away from the side, but I like the I like I like the over here in this game. 
Yeah, I like the over. If I had to guess, uh, I do like IU to cover. Um, but, you know, you have those weeks after really emotional games and uh, yep. really curious to see what kind of product you're going to get from Indiana and if that game last week uh, took any wind out of their sails or if they'll keep on chugging along and improving and uh, proving that, you know, they are a top 10-ish team in the country. Yep. Uh, Cody, a, a game only betters could love is the 0-5 Penn State Nittany Lions at the 2-3 and Michigan Wolverines. Uh, uh, both of these teams have just been a train wreck so far this season. Um, Penn State's trailed by double digits in all games at, at halftime of all five of their games. I, I saw that today, and I thought that was amazing. you got James Franklin is probably on the hot seat, um, but he's not really on the hot seat because he's got a $32 million buyout, and it means he's probably, he's probably going to be staying. Um, yeah, I now believe he, so. Yeah, I mean, this was a guy that's he's forty two and eleven the last four seasons, so it's not like he's been awful, but it hasn't gone well so far this season. Then, on the other side, you got the proverbial, you know, Jim Harbaugh. You know, is he how much longer is he going to stay? He's on the hot seat. Oh no, he's good, and then he's on the hot seat again. Cody, this was a this was a disturbing quote to me after they came back and beat Rutgers last Saturday night. Harbaugh said that was one of the greatest comebacks wins he has ever been part of. This was him talking about a win over Rutgers. That's not yeah. Cool. I mean, you know, if you think about it, I mean, he's basically comparing it to the same uh, team that he coached in Stanford when they came back and beat uh, USC all of those years ago, and I'd certainly say that was a much more uh, thrilling victory under his coaching resume, but you know there can't be. Um, I'd be hard pressed to find two more disappointing teams in college football this year than those two programs. And you know I'm not going to dog on Michigan. Being an Ohio State fan, everyone knows what my thoughts are on Michigan, and I certainly uh, it, you know love to see this happening up there. Um, but you know <laughs> Penn State. I mean, I lost on them last week, thinking that maybe they'd finally be that Penn State team. Um, that I'm waiting for them to be and they should you know a, a top 10 team to start this year um, and then another mm-hmm. loss so you know I think this game's pretty even I'd probably go with Michigan just being the home team although with not having fans there I don't really know if the home environment actually means anything one thing that I think is interesting is uh you know I don't know if Michigan's gonna still stick with Milton as their quarterback because he's been pretty awful and uh McNamara looked really good last week and so it might be one of those times where you've kind of already lost the season maybe it's time to just uh turn it over to the younger quarterback and see what you can do I don't know how they go back to Milton um honestly I know they haven't named a starter yet but McNamara with uh 260 yards five total touchdowns last week in the comeback um and we also don't know who's starting for Penn State. We don't know if it's Levis or Clifford. Uh, both those guys have turned it over like crazy, uh, 13 total turnovers in five games. Um, Penn State's also not getting off the field defensively. No Micah Parsons, who you know is their star linebacker. He opted out before the season. He's a top-five pick in next year's draft, so that obviously was uh, – that's hurt them quite a bit. Um, I, I, I like Michigan if they, if they keep – going with McNamara if he's the starter I think maybe they found something at least offensively where they can trust him a little bit more than Milton and uh I just I just don't see anything good happening for Penn State at least Michigan came back they got a win last week against Rutgers um I'll lay the two and a half uh and uh I'll take Michigan at home yeah I definitely am taking Michigan at home as well I think it'll be well under the uh 58 and a half list projector that the the under is right now I really don't see a 
either team, I think if they were scored in the 20s, they'd probably be safe in this game, and I don't really see it much of a, a blowout and kind of just that typical Big Ten game that's kind of uh, ugly and boring to watch. It, whatever happens, the, the coaching situation for both these teams is going to be interesting going forward and, and the rest of the season, and you know we'll, we'll see what happens with, with both of these programs. Uh, last game that we're going to talk about is the Iron Bowl, 5-2 uh, and two Auburn at the number one team in the country, Alabama, who's coming at 7-0. and oh. The line on this game is Bama by 25.5, over-under at 62.5. Uh, Alabama might hit that on their own, actually. Um, uh, Auburn hasn't won at Alabama in more than a decade. Um, Alabama with probably the most dynamic offense in the country. They've scored 38 or more in every game. They're averaging near nearly 500 yards a game. Uh, Mac Jones has been great, almost 80% completion rate, uh, only three interceptions on the season. NFL caliber weapons around him with Harris at running back. you got Devontae Smith on the outside, uh, Jalen Waddell at wide receiver. I mean, these guys are just stacked. And it's also a revenge game for Alabama. They lost to Auburn uh, last year. Um, and on the other side, Auburn's won four or five um, probably their best wins at Mississippi, who's kind of been pretty decent this season. Um, now you got an angle on this game? Yeah, you know, I mean, I really don't see it being that competitive. I think it should probably be one of the lesser competitive Iron Bowls in, in recent years. Um, Alabama, I mean, they look good. They really look similar to uh, what we're used to seeing the last couple of years. And, you know, it's really odd because you're used to that hard-nosed defense that they have. And instead, uh, you know, not that they don't typically have that, but they don't have a dominating defense this year. But their offense, I mean, boy, like, they're, they're something to watch. So, you know, I think that Alabama won't have a problem with scoring points. Um, I don't think Auburn can keep pace with them. And, you know, I think that you never know how rivalry games are going to go overall, but uh, I really don't see Auburn having a shot in this one. Do you like Bama to cover? I do like Bama to cover just based off, I mean, I realize it was Kentucky, but what they looked like last week, I mean, goodness. And, uh, you know, I definitely yeah. probably go on the over of this game as well. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I, I, I struggle with these big lines because you never know when a backdoor, you know, fourth quarter touchdown is going to move it from 31 to 24. I'd probably lean Bama, but I, what I would really love, and I don't have the number yet because it's not out, I would take whatever Alabama's team total is, which would probably be somewhere in the low 40s. Uh, I mean, you can almost bank on them scoring 45 in most of these games, and they just have so many weapons to go to. And Mac Jones has been, I mean, he's in the Heisman race. He probably won't win it, but he's he's been one of the better quarterbacks in the country. And, uh, yeah, I would. You, you can pretty much ride Bama as as much as you want the rest of the way, and you'll probably be just fine. Um, Cody, the the top four and uh, the the rankings were released tonight, and it was n- no surprise, obviously, Bama one, Notre Dame two, Clemson three, which is maybe a mild surprise, and then Ohio State coming in at four, uh, Texas A and M at, at five, and then Florida at six. Uh, is there any way the, the 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 four teams in the playoff? Is not that the is not the top four teams right now? You think? You know, I think there's an opportunity for that. Um, I think that Notre Dame and Clemson are on a crash course to face each other again in the ACC championship. Um, you know, ultimately, if Notre Dame wins that, I don't know that a two-loss Clemson is going to get in. 
Um, you know, and then on the flip side of that, it seems like Alabama's destined for Florida um, in the SEC championship, and Florida's kind of a, a maybe a little bit more of a poor version of Alabama, but they can certainly put up some points with Kyle Trask there as well. So I think it's an interesting scenario if, say, a uh, Clemson upsets uh, Notre Dame and then say that Florida beats Alabama. I think that, that that certainly gives you some interesting scenarios to play out at the end. I, probably one of the more surprising teams that that wasn't in the top ten of the rankings was BYU. They're, they came in at fourteen, and I, I'm sh- I know that's pretty much schedule based. They really haven't played anyone. Uh, Cincinnati, though, uh, you know, sort of the the mid major that we're looking at, that they came in at seven. They would need a whole bunch to go their way to get into the the top four. But it, you know, at least there's there's probably an outside chance there. Um, it certainly feels like it, it's it, it could fall the way you know that the top four are ranked right now where that's that's the final four teams in the playoff um <clears throat> any other games you like on the slate any any parlays you like for this week um you know i think that in general i think that's a little bit of a uh, weak slate of games um it this is. coming week i really don't think that there's a lot of intriguing matchups that we're really looking at so you know, I have looked at some other West Coast games, um, and then seen what kind of what kind of lines those have. I am a little bit intrigued by Iowa State and Texas, um, just because the line's really a lot of a, a push at this point. Um, but you know, Texas is that constant underachiever every year, and Iowa State with Matt Campbell. I mean, they're doing pretty good things uh, this this season. So, you know, short of that, I mean, I really don't think there's much else on the slate. Um, you know, if you're looking for betting purposes, there's quite a few intriguing games, um, you know, that you could bet one way or another. The lines are only a couple points. Um, but, you know, overall, I feel like it's probably one of the weaker slates of college football. And so I think it should be focused on the obvious Notre Dame game and then probably the Iron Bowl on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, the the Iowa State-Texas game is it's a pretty good game on Friday. I didn't I didn't we didn't discuss it just because I think more people in our, our region are more you know worried about the Notre Dame and, and the Big Ten and then obviously the Iron Bowl is just a, a big game nationally but that that could be an interesting game and it's definitely one of the better games on Friday afternoon um, yeah we'll see what happens this week uh, see if see if uh, IU can bounce back and I really am interested to watch them as, as a as a pretty heavy favorite and see like you said how they respond to an emotional loss and uh, uh, Friday should be a good game with with Notre Dame I want to see I want to see Sam Howell play because you know he might be a future bear so I gotta start scouting these guys out Cody <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I mean, future bear. Not only that, but also uh, coming from North Carolina. So um, <laughs> I guess you have to see who the second and third ranked quarterbacks are because that didn't work out too well for the Bears last time. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't need another Mitch Trubisky in my life. Uh, in two <laughs> I years, don't think so. anyone does. <laughs> hey, uh, appreciate you coming on. Uh, it's our very first college football show, so I I I, I appreciate you coming on and, and uh, you know giving us your picks and uh, definitely got to have you back. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, everyone. That's another episode of Your Best Bets, and we'll look forward to talking to you next time.